welcome to Inspire to Aspire. Today, we have a very special guest here. She is an award-winning cinematographer who has shot commercials for Adidas, Microsoft, Fujifilm, and more. Without further ado, please join me in welcoming Shade India. Welcome to the show. Hi. As a first thing, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. Hi, my name is Shade India. I'm a cinematographer based in Los Angeles. Um, and I specialize in capturing black stories. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you today. So going to the basics, what does being a cinematographer entail? I feel like <laughs> most people don't even know what a cinematographer is. So it's good that you guys are like clarifying that <laughs> for the world. Um, but I guess I would say a cinematographer brings um, the different visual elements of lighting, camera movement, uh, framing, uh, just like different, like more technical visual side of storytelling. And so my job specifically, um, so to speak, is to create like an overall creative direction for lighting, camera packages and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I think that clarified a lot of what being a cinematographer is for me as well. How did you get into cinematography? Oh, that's a funny story. Uh, I, well, I, I guess I'll say like when I was in high school, because that is more kind of y'all's reality but when I was in high school I was making uh documentaries about my friends I just had like a standard like canon t3i type thing and um I was inspired by like the people around me so I would just like make little short films with my my friends and uh my we had this like family tradition that we used to do too where every Christmas we would make a music video and so <laughs> we made a music video to uh all I want to for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey. And it was like this whole ordeal where we were like setting up lights, but we didn't know what lighting was at the time. We were just using like lamps and stuff like that. And we were having uh, choreographing like camera movement with like my family members, teaching them to like learn the lyrics and stuff. And like being in like long hours on the computer editing, editing the final cut and everything, which was like, just like a fun process where like I was able to kind of learn filmmaking on my own terms and like in a safe space, but like it wasn't really filmmaking. It was just like me making fun stuff with my friends and family. Um, and then it kind of just developed into uh, when I moved to LA cause I was originally born in Palm Springs. Um, I started shooting in my, my house, in my living room. <laughs> I had like a little home studio where I actually invested in lights and invest, invested in like bigger camera equipment and stuff like that. And um, just started shooting from home. That seems so fun, just creating like little things with your friends and family and getting into cinematography more organically. Um, your career has certainly grown from making home videos to now making professional commercials. Is there like a favorite or memorable project that you've worked on? I guess I would say like the first project I ever did in my living room was really fun because um I didn't really understand like cinematography as a career at the time and like I just knew that I wanted to shoot and I loved like building sets and I loved working with my friends. And so it was like a perfect combination of everything where um, my friend, she had like this clothing brand and it was super cool. It was like this, uh, she would like flipped, like she would flip thrifted pieces that she would find at like um, pawn shops and uh, vintage pop-ups and stuff like that. And so we decided to do like a little like four piece uh, shoot and we built, we built like different sets surrounding like the different outfits that she picked out and stuff. And it was just like a fun experience to like 
um, work with my friends and like create worlds and like interesting little characters for like every outfit that she chose out. Um, and I always just think about that project because it's like in my process now, I still always prioritize like working with my friends and like pushing limits to like conventional ways of like capturing stories or building worlds and stuff like that. So I always just like look back at that. That sounds so awesome and making new memories with your friends, but also creating a lasting project at the same time. On the flip side, what was your most challenging film? Oh, okay. I'll say uh, I worked on this film last year. It's called Prepared and it follows uh, this woman's experience, like finding self-love, um, just living in LA, just following like a normal kind of like millennial kind of story. And um, it specifically talked about like, um, weight like uh, one's personal weight and like self-identity and stuff like that especially as a black woman and so like it was a very personal story that really resonated with me and the people that we were working with and um, the biggest challenge was like we just didn't have the budget like there was no money behind it but it was such a great story and unfortunately that's going to be a reality for the rest of our lives especially for telling like diverse stories like it's underfunded it's underrepresented and so like it was really interesting to see how we like still made our visual dreams come true like with the limited budget like there was this um specific um double dolly shot that we wanted to get that was like very inspired by like spike lee um because i just grew up watching his films and loving his films and <laughs> we didn't have the budget to get like an official dolly and so we went to ikea i think it was ikea or we found we found like one of those ikea carts somewhere i don't remember and we put a uh, like camera and talent on it and we just like kind of <laughs> uh goofily like turned it in circles but it still had like the same camera effect that we were going for on a low budget and so like that was like interesting too because it's like the whole um like my favorite part of filmmaking is like finding the finesse of filmmaking, finding easy ways to make expensive ideas happen. And like, that was a big challenge for sure on that project. I think that's when the most creative aspects of filmmaking come in. Yeah, exactly. So you worked with multiple companies to produce various commercials. How did it feel to shoot for those companies? Man, it was so scary. <laughs> it was so scary because... To be honest, I didn't think I would be shooting projects like that until I was 30 and I'm 21 right now. And so I'm so grateful to be in these positions and being able to also bring my people up with me. Like, like I said, like I've been working with the same crew members for two years and I was able to work on low budget music videos to working on Adidas commercials with them. And I think that's pretty sick. And so like having, having that support system has really kept me grounded because sometimes you'll do jobs where it isn't the best experience and people do belittle you because you are a woman of color, because you're not experienced, because you haven't done XYZ scenario, lighting scenario before. And so it's important to like have those people that will keep you grounded, that will challenge you, that will teach you like some technical um, perspectives that you don't already know. And so that's been, it's been crazy. It's been surreal. I'm so grateful to be in these positions, but also like I wouldn't be here without the people that have supported me as <laughs> I'm slowly growing in my career career i didn't know that you were only 21 years old wow you're so young and accomplished in your career already <laughs> thank you i know you briefly touched on this but what is it like to be a woman of color in this film industry that's a hard one <laughs> um I would say it, it's a journey. It's a journey for sure, especially, yeah, like you said, like as being like being a woman of color in this industry, like there's this inherent imposter syndrome that comes with the craft because there aren't many women 
or women of color that look like us in this industry. And so like from the beginning, we're kind of set up to fail because like we don't have like a reflection or someone to kind of like, I don't know, uh, find inspiration from because a lot of the filmmakers that we learn about in film school, they're traditionally white men. And so like um, a big part of like finding your place in this industry is going out of your way to research those like hidden black and brown cinematographers that are making it happen. Like Bradford Young, Kira Kelly, Sabelle Martin. These are all cinematographers that have inspired my process, but I didn't know about them because film school never showed me their work or told me like where to find them. And like, so you don't know what to look for until you kind of go out of your way and do that research. And so like, um, being able to find those like little um, embodiments of inspiration really helped me realize like, oh, this is a very possible reality for me. What can I take from their processes that will inspire me to keep creating or what lighting style can I try? And like, specifically me, like I um, have a passion for telling black stories. And so I would look into black cinematographers that um, lit black folks a certain way. And like, I would study their process and try that at home and like challenge myself to tap into that. And that kind of helps me find my voice and like, kind of what I care about and kind of keep me in tune to wanting to be a, a black woman cinematographer in these spaces. But I would also say like, like I said, it always comes down to community too. Like it's good to have those people you look for inspiration, but also work within and like find those people around you that you can start um, doing those lighting tests on, making short films on or making little documentaries on, like find those people that um, you can create within your own space. Cause especially if you're from a small town, it's so hard to break in. And so it's important to like push yourself and put yourself out there because um, it'll be a problem for the rest of our lives. As a woman of color in cinematography, you have to work 10 times harder. And so um, it's good to kind of have that mindset in you before when you're starting at a young age. I think it's great that even through all these obstacles, you've still built such an amazing cinematography career. Um, how did you build up this career from once making movies for fun to now working with all these different brands? I would say just working with my friends, honestly, like my friends helped me kind of find my visual style. They supported me when I didn't have the best budgets and um it kind of pushed me to want to be better for them too. Like uh, when you start out as a cinematographer, like it's so important to find your people and your community. And like, those are the people that you work with forever. Like I'm still working with the same uh, AC that I worked with like three years ago. And so um, finding that community really helped me kind of shape myself as a cinematographer, but then also um, being vocal about uh, the kind of art I make and like uh, what I care about and like what makes my art stand out online has really helped me. So like Twitter has been a really helpful platform for me because um, I just like share my work and then I find other like like-minded folks who want to create similar things. And then that's how you like expand your network. Even if you're not necessarily working with them, it's good to like expand your network and have those peers that you can even like send your work to for advice and stuff like that. Definitely. I think networking and building those relationships is so important. So you've worked with multiple professional companies to create different commercials. How do you communicate with each of the various directors to design a visual strategy for the film? Um, I guess when I, I approach a project, um, I kind of think more, I'm more so like self-reflect and say, ask myself, like, how can I add to this project? How can I make this project different than the rest of the kind of commercials I've seen for XYZ project. And so like whenever I receive a director's treatment going over the storyline or the structure or the creative direction of a commercial, um, I try to find nitty gritty ways that I can put pieces of myself in it. So like 
For example, like I said, like I love Spike Lee and I love how he implements this whole double dolly shot and visual language um, through his narrative filmmaking. And so I was able to find inspiration in that and bring that into commercial world, which we've never really seen that much. And so like, I'll find like little kind of like gimmicky things that I can pitch to a director to kind of make it stand out or have like a strong language or still like, especially for shooting like a black story, I wanna always like kind of reference like black filmmakers who have like paved the path for me, like way way before I was even making films or doing anything and so um that's why I say it's like very important to just research like different filmmaking styles or just interesting shot styles that you can like make your own and elevate your like your own way through lighting and camera movement and so I'll usually make when I approach a project I'll come up with these different things that kind of will help me stand out because usually when you're up for a commercial you're pitching against two three other DPs and especially as a woman of color like they're usually white men who have like much more experience than I I do. So I have to find those little things that kind of like help me get the job or like make the room, like sell the room basically. And so um, I'll find those like three kind of things. I'll create like a lens package where I'll have like, I wanna shoot on this camera and I wanna shoot on these lenses for this reason. And I feel like it applies to the story for X, Y, Z reasons, stuff like that. Those are kind of conversations I have. And then if I do sign off on the job, I um, create, something called like it it's not there's no real like name for it but I make like a cinematography treatment where I kind of go over like all of these different things that I've pitched and I'd be very transparent about my mood board and like my lighting references and like what specific sources I want to use what specific gear I want to use and that, that kind of helps me be on the same page with my directors and also producers and sometimes clients when they have to <laughs> have like like hella creative oversight as well um it helps with that and I send it to my crew as well and so um it's just a lot of hours at home making treatments and doing research and watching lens tests and lighting breakdowns and stuff like that I think it's great that you're like building your own identity in your filmmaking styles I didn't know how much work and research went into actually designing a concept of a film so that's really interesting to hear I'm curious so when you're actually shooting what is the number one thing that you have in mind uh lighting I'm always stressed about lighting (laughs) Like sometimes like on commercials, so to speak, not not really on narratives, you have something called like a pre-light day. So you can come in the day before the actual shoot and set up the lights and then you have the actual shoot date afterwards. And so like during the pre-light, I'm always like a chicken with their head cut off, like running around, like looking at like what's happening, who's setting up what, like how is it going, like what's taking so long, what's how can I help, how can I take part and like a DP and a pre-light, you don't really like set up actual sources. You kind of just like mitigate and like tell people what to do and like answer questions or ask questions and stuff like that. And so like, that's always just on my mind. I'm always just thinking about lighting because I'm more so a lighting heavy DP. And that's like kind of what made me want to become a cinematographer originally because I had a passion for lighting. And so um, usually that's what I'm stressed about or thinking about on set. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. I think a lot of people when they watch commercials on TV, we always take the lighting for granted. I mean, we always think that the lighting looks good, but we don't know how much effort it took for the lighting to actually look like that. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And especially like as you begin to work more as a cinematographer, you realize that there's so many moving parts. Like you don't like it's always a logistical question. Like, do you have enough budget to have the actual lighting plan that you want? If you don't, like, what is your backup option? Um, having time to actually light, <laughs> time is very limited. You'll realize on set, and so there's just so many different factors. And so like, it's important to kind of have um, 
I don't know, that kind of figured out before you start working continuously as a cinematographer because it just gets harder and harder and expands into larger and larger problems. Yeah, I think we've all developed a new sense of appreciation for lighting now. On that note, we're going to take a short break and after we'll be talking about the Red Futon, a company that Sade founded, and some advice she has for aspiring cinematographers. We'll be right back. Do you have someone from a particular career field you want to hear from? If you do, head on over to at inspire to aspire podcast on Instagram and fill out the speaker suggestions form in the bio. I'm always looking to get suggestions on who I could feature next and how I could help you achieve your dreams. While you're there, be sure to give at inspire to aspire podcast a follow to stay up to date with the show. Now let's get back to the episode. And we're back. So what exactly is the Red Futon? Yeah. Um, so we're still kind of trying. <laughs> we're still finding ourselves within it all. But um, as of now, uh, we are a production company emphasizing on highlighting BIPOC folks in um, crew roles. And so like, like I said, like I always talk about community support. Like I have this dope, I have like an endless like um, list of just different folks of color and different outs in camera and production design, um, in production, just different, um, departments in film. And so, um, the red futon is kind of just a hybrid of all of those different passions and different people and like bringing us together. And like, um, the red futon, it, the name kind of came from, um, the first piece of furniture I ever bought, um, when I moved out of my <laughs> my like family's house was um, a red futon. The red futon kind of just was a reality that stuck with me for a long time. So it kind of just became like the symbolic embodiment of filmmaking and creating a safe space and like sharing space. Um, and so future projects, we're just working on some stuff in like the music video world, but also in the commercial world, but also making sure that we're finding space for folks of color to be uplifted from the storytelling perspective, but also from the crew perspective. Mm -hmm, that's awesome. What are some projects that the Red Futon has worked on? Yeah. Um, so we worked on a lot of, we do a mixture of photo and film work. And so we've done um, a few commercials for like local businesses, like uh, one guy, he had like this really dope upcoming like all natural uh, soap company for men. And so we built like different sets and realities for them and um, created some like promotional content. But then we've also done uh, music video artists, uh, done music videos for different artists um, within LA. Um, and we hope to like expand in the music video world right now. I think it's amazing that you're uplifting so many voices in your community through your unique talent. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so kind of switching now to advice that you have for students in the filmmaking industry or those who want to go in that industry. What advice do you have for aspiring cinematographers who want to grow their cinematography skills? For folks looking to uh, enter the world of cinematography, I would say to just start by um, capturing what you know. So like if there's a story, if there's a person in your own personal life that inspires you, that um, makes you stay up late at night thinking about, or even if it's something within yourself, like if there's something that keeps you up at night, I would advise you guys to just make a film about it and like see what happens. Even if you're still growing in the technical side, um, filmmaking will always come down to story and and like the art of storytelling. And um, it like me making films when I was like young and dumb and didn't know <laughs> what filmmaking really was, like helped me grow as an artist and find like the stories that I wanted to actively tell and like 
what images always stuck with me or what lighting scenarios always stuck with me. And so um, the best advice for filmmakers to just shoot, to just make films, but then also um, do the work to find cinematographers that share same realities of you or um, just even cinematographers that you uh, look up to and really research their process, look into their lighting breakdowns, look into how they talk about films that they've shot because ultimately that will help you kind of find your visual language, but then also find new techniques to try from home. So if there's a DP that you really admire and you really like how they lit one scene, look into how they lit that scene, look into what sources they use, look into like what lighting techniques they use and try that at home, even if you don't have the gear, like. Like I said, like use lamps at your house. Someone used a computer screen. It's like the possibilities are endless, but I would just say like, it all just comes down to um, being creative in your own safe space and like finessing <laughs> the resources that you have to make something great. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I know we briefly talked about the importance of networking in this industry before. Um, in regards to networking and building more connections, do you have any advice for high schoolers or students? Yeah, um, I would say uh, tap into social media. Social media is a really good tool for networking. Like um, everyone has that social media that they're like the most comfortable with. So like some folks are more savvy to Instagram. Some folks are more savvy to Twitter. Some folks are more savvy to just YouTube and just uploading videos. And like uh, either route is fine, but it's really just finding like what you feel comfortable and safe with being consistent with. And so for me, it was Twitter because I'm a very vocal person about different things, <laughs> as you guys know. <laughs> and so um, that was always just a platform that I use. But um, sharing your work or even just sharing your thought processes, like it's kind of like how when we're kids and our parents and our teachers ask us to journal like weekly and just document our experiences. It's a, it's a similar thing with social media, like find ways that um, allow you to share your process or share your creativity that makes you still feel comfortable and safe and like respected. But um, putting yourself out there kind of helps you find other like-minded folks. So like when I was on Twitter, I was sharing um, just different things about how I felt about like black filmmaking and telling black stories. And I would find, I found like directors that I've worked with and crew members that I've worked with from there. And like even people to just share my work with and get critique on from there. And so it's important to just like reach out and hold yourself accountable and like put yourself up out there really. Definitely. I think social media is such a powerful tool in finding new people and connecting with the people from all different backgrounds. Exactly, exactly. For you, what are some goals that you have for yourself in your cinematography career? Um, I think I would say like my next step goals are to um, venture more into like the feature film world. Like um, since I was a kid, I just wanted to make movies, <laughs> to be honest. And so like that obviously changes as you're going into your career and then you're also working to live type thing. And um, those problems just expand, expand, expand. But like the end goal for me will always be to um, capture black independent films, whether that's uh, in just dramas or horror or comedy. I just want to like really delve into that space and just tell more stories and make longer form um, content. And so um, that's a world that I'm trying to get into right now. Yeah, I can't wait to see all the wonderful films and all the things to come. As a last thing, in one sentence, what would you say to inspire Generation Z? Um, I would say I say this all the time to myself, too. <laughs> it really helps me. But I would say um, as a one-liner, like, you deserve to be here. 
um, because oftentimes as you're growing in your career, there's this weird feeling of imposter syndrome, like you don't belong, or maybe you're not supposed to be doing this, or maybe this isn't the right path for you. And um, it's important for upcoming cinematographers to remind themselves that they deserve to be here. If they have a passion, if this is something that keeps them up at night, if this is something that they care about, they deserve to be here. And so there are people that might tell you otherwise. There are jobs that will make you feel otherwise. There are experiences that will make you feel otherwise. But um, as long as you stay true to yourself and remind yourself that the passion is always the thing that will guide you through your career and through your experiences and through filmmaking, um, you'll do great things in this lifetime. Yeah, I think that's great advice, especially during this pandemic. A lot of us may feel like we're not really doing anything special, but yeah, you definitely deserve to be here. There's a quote that I think really sums up today's discussion. Norman Vincent Peale once said, There is a magic in enthusiasm. It spells the difference between mediocrity and accomplishment. During this talk, I could really feel Shadi's enthusiasm for cinematography and how she really loves the work that she does. Um, I think that's also one of the most important things that's led to her career being so successful despite her young age. I encourage everyone to go out there and find out what you're passionate about and doors of opportunities will surely open. Thank you so much to Shadi India for joining me for today's episode. And be sure to tune in next Sunday to hear from another inspirational guest. Catch you later!